What's up, family? I am Corindiana Lane, and I do worship. And I am Nazinga Benton, and I do therapy. And together, this is Worship and Therapy. We always, because it's super important, give our disclaimers. As an international worship leader, a parent, a spouse, a friend, and a regular person like everyone else, it's tough to find a place where you can kick back, let your hair down, and just be heard. So we created a platform that focuses on mental health advocacy for not only Christians, but also African-American communities, where we discuss the really tough issues that we all deal with in life. And now, Nzinga will give her disclaimer. I am a licensed professional counselor. However, I am not your counselor, and this does not replace you going to counseling. The things I discuss are things I've researched, things I've experienced, and my personal opinions on the matter. Now, with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. Laura! Hey, Corinne. <laughs> so, I have one of my... I just love Laura so much, guys. Okay, this is Laura Elise. Okay, she is, first of all, I've known Laura for probably maybe 13 years now, probably. Yeah, it's been a while. Years. At least 13 years I've known her. Um, she, her career is, she is a social media manager. Um, she's a content creator, so she kind of, you know, she runs many corporate uh, social media pages. So, you know, if you guys need some assistance or some help, you might want to DM her, you know what I mean? Because she can give you some tips and tricks on how to grow your page and stuff, because um, she's doing it already for corporate companies. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, but I want to just formally introduce you, Laura Elise. <laughs> Say hello. <laughs> hello, people. I'm just so uh, excited to be here right. to talk about adulting and everything. Girl, okay. So I'm focusing on young adult just because I've got Laura in here. Laura is a young adult. Um, she is a young adult, more young than me. Okay. <laughs> Hence the reason I say young adult, right? Um, so, okay, I'm just gonna just, we had this conversation before. She's also one of my vocal students, okay? She can sing her butt off, okay? I'm not gonna put her on the spot, okay, all right now. But we were talking in one of our, uh, one of our lessons on just, you know, because a lot of times, anytime I'm like, you know, with my, I always like check in, you know, I'm always like, what's going on? How's your week? How are you doing? You know, and Laura's always pretty honest. So she'll pretty much be like, yeah, so, you know, I just didn't like this week. I mean, you know, it was just a lot. And I got a lot going on and I'm sleepy and I'm tired and I want, you know, <laughs> I'm ready to turn my phone off and go to sleep. And, you know, like, I, first of all, I admire so much about you because we often talk about on this show how, how much we don't tell the truth when people ask you how you're doing. Because a lot of times when we do ask how you're doing, a lot of people don't really think they should respond honestly. They just kind of right. get like, a, oh, I'm good. How are you? You know what I'm saying? Kind of keep it moving. When in actuality, when we ask that question, just for our mental health purposes, we should be honest and should be kind of uh, self, um, what do you call it? We should have uh, self-awareness, you know, yeah. to be all right with saying, yeah, t today wasn't a good day. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel today was just, let's just start over tomorrow because today sucked, you know? And right. really just uh, fostering an environment of honesty and really just sharing our hearts. But a lot of times we don't do that because we just either don't have time, um, we don't really care to share, you know, personal information, you know, like that with just anybody, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and... We just kind of tend to think that certain things are just too personal. You know, like, you don't need to know all that. You know, <laughs> today's cool, whatever, you know, and just keep it moving. So, like, I know that we kind of just talk all the time because I know you, so you may be more comfortable with me. But just in that environment, like, if somebody was to ask you, besides somebody that you know personally, how do you usually respond to somebody that says, Laura, how are you doing? Um, 
I'm a very like I shoot towards the middle because I don't want to be like oh I'm super great and I'm really not and I don't want to be like oh I'm just like the world is falling apart because usually it's not um right. but you know usually I'll be like oh, I'm all right or you know I'm okay and if somebody inquires more about what that means then I'll elaborate but if they're just like oh she, you're okay I'm glad you're okay and then they keep it moving I'll just be like right. oh, okay <laughs> um there's no need for me to like elaborate because you didn't care when I started the sentence so it just kind of depends <laughs> But yeah, that's the thing. Like, I feel like, you know, I feel like it's so much going on just in the world right now, just in the last few seasons that we've had, the last few years, the last few months, heck, the last few hours, you know, we have just been like, okay, this is a lot, you know? Um, So I really believe, like, I feel like the young adult community, I feel like I am like so loving this this uh generation of young adults like for real because you guys are so like i noticed you're like so in tune you're very um you're very straightforward you're very like you know kind of almost like no nonsense you're kind of like your hearts are on your sleeve you are who you are um you know you're just you have like you you got this go with the flow almost like i kind of compare it to like hippies you know what i'm saying like these <laughs> i don't know oh the 60s i get like a 60s vibe from the young adults you know what i mean just from what we've read in our books just yeah. about the of of the culture at that time you know where everything was just real flowy you just kind of you know you're experimental you're on journeys you're you're trying to find you know like what makes me feel great what makes what right. doesn't what do I want to do what don't I want to do like you know what I mean like you're just not as quick to be put into a box or as quick to be labeled as something you're like no this is what I am this is who I am and I don't really care if you think so or not you know <laughs> so I'm just like so tell me like what is going on like. What's going on in the young adult community? Like, how are you guys this way? Okay. (laughs) And it's funny. I just think young adults are prioritizing like happiness over like a lot of other things. And and it's, it's really not unfortunate. I think I actually love to see it. Like people are not staying in places where they don't feel fulfilled or where they're not able to like express their passion or creativity or, you know, just kind of being bogged down. Um, Even like I've seen this new trend of with my friends, like everybody's in therapy. Um, it's like, I want to know what's happening with me. I want to grow for myself. I want to work through whatever trauma that I have, because what we're realizing with our parents is they didn't even even know it was trauma. They didn't know that stuff was like, there was a title or a label for this thing. And now their children are working through it. And it's like, okay, I don't want that for my kids. So what do I do now? How do I learn who I am and what's wrong with me? And like, so I don't push that off onto, you know, the next set of people who I'm connected to. And, um, wow. It's really beautiful to see. Like I've been in therapy for about two years now consistently. And wow. so, um, yeah, it, it's gotten me together. She's like, you're a people pleaser. And I'm like, <laughs> like hearing somebody tell you that, you're like, oh my gosh, yes I am, oh my God. <laughs> I should probably fix that. And <laughs> But it's like an ongoing process of trying to figure out like, what makes me happy? How do I set boundaries? How do I, you know, know when it's time for me to leave a place and I'm just not becoming stagnant. And so, I, like I said, we're seeing that in every area of our lives as far as, like, people are trying to grow themselves but also try to figure out what they're passionate about, not what just makes them the money, but how do I not let money rule me? Um, yeah. And I think that's important. Man, do you know how, like, brilliant that is? Like, do you know that just from those decisions that you guys are making, this generation, you've already set your children's lives 10 years ahead of you? You know what I mean? Like, you have, you have, oh my God, the generational curses that have already been broken just from the decision to get therapy and the decision of, like, just the sensitivity that you feel towards yourself. Like, okay, something's go- something's wrong. You know, like, I need to go talk to someone. And actually being all right with that and open to that and, like, actually following through with it. And not just like, like, man, I really should talk to somebody. Nah, I ain't gonna do it, you know. <laughs> but no, you're asking like, yeah, uh, I need a therapist. You can recommend 
hit somebody, you know? That right. is so wonderful. Like, oh, everybody starts for like different reasons. And so I remember like being in this weird phase of like graduating college and then not really knowing what was wrong, but there was nothing really like, oh, my life is like in shambles. It was just like for personal development as I try to navigate the changes in my life, who can I talk to who's not somebody who looks, you know, it's my age or, you know, me dumping all of my stuff onto somebody else. It's somebody who I pay strategically to like help me and walk me through certain things. And I think right. that was helpful for like balancing my friendships and, you know, my parents who are always willing to help me. Um, but having somebody that sits with me each week and says, okay, where are you? What do we need to talk about? Yeah. Where do we want to go? That was helpful for me, you know? Wow. Man, that's dope. That's, that's freaking amazing. Tell me like something, like I probably got thousands and thousands of stories, okay, that I had just, that I've already shared so many times on this platform of just, you know, navigating through this life, navigating through just being an adult. You know what I mean? Like I remember, I remember the feeling of wanting to, can't wait to be an adult. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, I can't wait, to, you know, get out here and, and you know, I can do it. How hard can it be? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and like, woo, the many times that I have ate those words. You know what I'm saying? Three times, all those words. Slap me in the face 15 times, 15,000 times. <laughs> like, girl, slow down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it was a trap. And it was. It was. Didi, it was a trap. <laughs> which is why now i've been i did did youth ministry for 10 years okay and which is why a lot of the conversations that we used to have with you guys is like guys slow down <laughs> I, i'm telling you it, it's it, you know i know it looks appealing you know what i'm saying like apparently we must make it look good okay because people are like i can't wait and yeah so let's you know laura like you know what happens you know when you like i know you college and you know you were out you were far from the house you you know you went away to school you know what i mean and then once you were away to school then after school you you know what I'm saying? like you were still away yeah Talk to us about that. You know what I mean? Like, you weren't, like, at the house with mom going to school, you know, commuting to school. No, right. you left the house, and you were miles and miles away. Took a plane trip to get there, okay? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I didn't have the whole I'm ready to be an adult thing. My mom is in this chat, and she knows. I was I was the child who was like, I'm ready to go. Um, yeah. I was, I was very much like I wasn't rushing the bills thing. I wasn't rushing the independence thing. Um, yeah. But I had some really great teachers who were just like, if you can afford to go away for school, go. Um, why not go experience something different? Go see something new if you can. Um, yeah. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Howard and to, you know, um, spend the four years there. But I'll never forget when I got there, my mom was helping me do some stuff for financial aid. And they were like, yeah, we don't want to talk to your mom. We want to talk to you. So she hands me the stack of papers. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you'll be coming to see us. And you'll be coming to like, you know, talk to us. And we don't, we, you, it's, it's now you, you're the adult. We don't want to talk to her. And wow. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> wait, no, wait. I was still calling her for doctor's appointments and stuff like that. Like, you know, into, you know, when I was at school and everything like that. But I think that was the first moment that I realized like, oh, you're the adult in the room. Like this, these are the people who want to talk to you now. You're responsible for yourself. And that was wow. a different experience, like. Wow. And it was a different experience also being so far away because, yeah, my mom couldn't get to me. So if something happened, it's like, oh, you really have to figure out how to troubleshoot this yeah. um, by yourself. There is nobody, because I had no family in D.C. It was just, like, my friends and my peers. Um, I think my mom had maybe one friend who was there, uh, but I didn't really see him while I was in school. But, um, yeah, it was a... It was a big difference. And I think I had fun the first two years because I wasn't paying bills yet. So I was just <laughs> kind of running around, <laughs> like getting the lay of the land and just like doing whatever. Yeah. Um, and just like experiencing that freedom. And I, and I wanted that more so when I decided to make the decision to go away for school was like, if I'm down the street, I will never leave my mom's house. I will always be with her because we are like this. 
Yeah. So, I would never like want to go explore something else. Yeah. Wow. So after you got, so after you graduated, you you stayed in DC, right? Or did or um, how was that transition? That was a difficult transition. I experienced post grad depression right after I like finished because there was a like four month gap between I between my graduation and then when I got my first job post graduation. Okay. And I was so used to things being back to back to back that when I didn't land the job coming out of school, I was like, oh my gosh, my world is crumbling. Like, what am I supposed to do? Right. What's next? Um, because you're kind of chasing highs. It's like, okay, I graduated from high school. I get into college. I do all of these great things. I stay on, you know, honors list and do all this stuff. And then it comes to the end and everybody's accepting their job offers and they're moving to new cities. And you're like, hmm, what am I supposed to do now? Right. Like, Lord, what's next? And it's just like this waiting game. And so I decided to stay. I worked a, um, I think I worked at like Yard House as like a hostess. And so wow. I fell into the sadness of like, I'm literally staring at these four walls most of the time and it's getting really sad and really dark. And so what do you do? And yeah. so I literally had to take on a job to kind of move forward and just trust that God would kind of order some things. Um, yeah. And he did eventually, but it was a long four months. It was a long process of trying to figure out like, what do you do next? And yeah. where do you go from here? And you got this, this, you know, this expensive piece of paper. Um, that is essentially supposed to mean something. Um, but there are a lot of people who get that piece of paper and they don't use it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it depends yeah. on the person. Thankfully, I use mine, not in the way that it was intended, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I use it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I mean, even thinking about like that level of, you know, could have been a lot of pressure at that time a lot of um, expectations as well because I know even coming out of college you automatically because it's because the way it's designed the way it's pushed the way it's you know go to college get a degree get a great paying job you know what I'm saying like that's always the the end goal so even when people are doing it they're looking they're thinking on the end goal so once right. you get into that you're like okay wait a minute this textbook this wasn't part of the plan you know what I mean right. like this was actually not the plan. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. And then the thing is, once you get into the space that you thought you wanted, now you have to figure out if that's actually what you wanted. So I've had people get the corporate job where, you know, they start law school and they decide to pivot because it's like, ooh, I don't even like this. Like, this does not make me happy. I'm actually miserable here. So I wow. spent four years and now I have to pivot to something else. Um, wow. And that happened a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, man, I can imagine the, the stress of that, the... You know what I mean? Just to kind of like, what am I doing? Where do I go? You know, and it's those type of things that weigh on the mind of, you know, of young people. I mean, that weigh on the minds of, of anyone. But I think more so for younger adults because, you know, you're you're kind of stepping out here and you're kind of trying to move around, getting wet and some things, trying to figure out life, uh, going through, you know, certain things. Um that could really cloud your mind, cloud your, you know, your judgment. So, like, it makes me think, like, um, I, I shared with you a, um, a post that was on social media about a young, you know, I believe she was a young adult, that she wrote, like, this long, you know, suicide message. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and if you if you read through it, when I was reading through the message... A lot of the things that she was saying was like typical life stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like relational things, you know what I'm saying? Or feeling like you're not enough. Or right. Feel, you know what I'm saying? Like all those different things that every one of us encounters, every one of us goes through. You know what I mean? So I know like, you know, certain things or certain people may think certain things like, well, it's not that deep or you'll be all right, you know, or, you know, whatever the, uh, the surface responses to that are, um, it goes to show that your the way you feel about yourself and your mental health and how, and your, how positive you are or the people that are around you that are speaking into your life and actually seeking therapy and stuff like that for those thoughts that stuff matters yeah 
much because it can build. It's like those little, it was like a compilation of all the things that she was naming was like a, a it was compiled. It wasn't just like one thing. It was like this on top of this, on top of that, and then on top of this, and then on top of this. It made it like, you know what I'm saying? It made a molehill into a mountain, basically. Right. You know what I mean? So now you got this mountain that's sitting in your mind and no one is around, you know, no one's around you. Like she kind of mentioned she felt alone or, by, you know, by herself, you know. So it's like, essential. and then she's like, you know, uh, make sure you check on your strong friends. So obviously she was probably one of the ones that people went to mm -hmm. for stuff. You know, she probably gave people all kinds of advice. Yeah. Probably, you know, she probably was the main person, you know, that somebody came and talked to, but then nobody was checking on her. Right. You know what I mean? And and if life, like, I'm realizing that life can get heavy quick. Like, it, it can really start compounding quick. And if you don't tell people what you need, you don't give them an opportunity to step in. I have been that friend before. I've been that person where it's like, everybody's dumping, right? And so, like I said, sometimes it, it's not easy to tell your friends what's happening. So like I said, I have a assigned person that sees me every week and has to ask me, like, what's wrong with you? Right. I've gotten more comfortable with saying, hey, this is what's wearing on me. Um, but sometimes what may be um, like a big deal to me may not register as a big deal to somebody else. But I have right. to remember that it's a big deal for me. So even if you don't think it, it, you know, it's a lot, to me it is. Yeah. You know? And I have to understand how to convey that, but also realize that people got their own stuff going on, but the people who want to be there and want to be supported will be there. And right. it's just one of those things. You got to keep talking. I've had friends go through some really dark periods of time. And it's like, as much as I want to get in my feelings, I'm like, nobody's checking on me. <laughs> I also yeah, yeah, have yeah. to still be a friend to the people that I said I was going to be a friend to, that I said I was going to support when I decided I was going to be in connection with them. And yeah. so when the time comes, they'll return the favor. And, and, and yeah. that's always how it has been. Um, and so it's really sad to look at that message because even with her saying, check on your strong friends, like you do realize that your friends carry a lot with them, especially the people who are always listening and always there and always around. Yeah. And it's a conscious thing of having to remember that while I am like asking them for things or knowing that they'll support me, how do I then like, I don't know, put a notification in my phone to say, let me check on this person like once every couple of days or, you know, once a month or because I understand the hustle and bustle of life. Um, but also like, that hustle and bustle of life should just remind you that like people got their own stuff going on, just like you got your own stuff going on and they yeah. can get real fast. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely was, was going to say when you said that, uh, that life can get heavy real fast, like w within a night, you know what I'm saying? Within a moment, within a phone call, within a, you know, just so fast that things can just turn, you know what I mean? Or you could be feeling one way and then you're not feeling well. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just so quick that you can't really, without, which is why I said what I admire so much about the young young adult community is that you got so self-aware. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That you're doing the work. A lot of you are doing the work before anything so tries to come in and shift your world that at least will have tools right this will have you know someone to talk to that you're already um you've already like fostered in your in your life vulnerable space right. to feel all right with saying certain things like i'm not feeling like i want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. help me through that you know what i'm saying right. like and being comfortable to even say those words out loud or people really express that because a lot of you are very expressive you know what i mean like the fact that there's even suicidal messages on social media already lets you know kind of the the space that you guys are kind of in you're kind of your hearts are on your sleeve you know like you're mm -hmm. just, you just are who you are and you know like this is who i am this is what i'm going through and take it or leave it you know kind of right. thing just I just, I just really feel like in doing the work now and even just encouraging that, like start doing the work now as you know, young people, as just anybody, but young adults in particular, because man, it's going to set your life up so great. Like you be better parents 
You'll be better spouses. You'll be better people. You'll, you know what I'm saying, for yourself, for your family, you know, to come. Like, it's wonderful. I think the thing about it, too, is just learning to, like, push past the comfort, too, into the, into the uncomfortable things. Like, a lot of expressing, like, no, I don't want this, and no, I don't like this, can be intimidating when you've been the person who kind of accepts what people give to them. And I think for me, it was kind of stepping out of that and saying, like, okay, while this makes everybody happy, if I'm miserable, I gain nothing. So I have to be able to speak about what I do and don't want, whether it makes people comfortable or uncomfortable. So it's kind of pushing past this thing of like, well, do you want peace or do you want, like, do you want to be okay with yourself or do you want everybody else to have peace in the midst of your own chaos? Um, mm -hmm. And that is something I had yeah. to learn. My therapist was like, you gotta, you gotta set boundaries. Like people can't just give you anything um, you you have you have the capacity to accept or to decline what they're giving to you, um, and and her telling me that it's like oh I can say that I don't want this, <laughs> yeah. oh I don't have to take that oh I don't have to stay in this you know in this friendship just because it's useful to somebody else if I don't feel like yeah. it's beneficial you get to step away if you feel like it's too chaotic you get to step away um, yeah and sometimes that makes other people uncomfortable um, yeah but oh definitely. Out you know, you have to do for yourself. Yeah. Which is good. Cause I mean, definitely even just the, the I'm an advocate of that as to why this, this platform is, is just like really taking ownership of your life and saying my peace matters. You know what I mean? Like, and it's no diss against anyone, you know, it's no like, you know, I'm the greatest and you suck. Like that's, it's no, it's no diss against anyone. It's nothing personal, um, you know, to, but it's really like, I have to be well for me right. in order to even be productive in this world as a believer, as a mother, as a wife, as a business owner, as a child, you know, a daughter, as a sister, as, you know what I mean? Like all those different ways that I have to show up in the world I have to make sure that I am well and that my peace and, you know, my happiness comes first because if I'm not well or happy, then I cannot be and show up 100% whoever ever, anyone else needs me to be. You know what I mean? And if I'm not doing that, that means I'm doing everybody a disservice that I encounter. Right. So if it's me as the worship leader and my mom and I'm not well, I'm doing everybody in the congregation a disservice. Yeah. If it's my, you know, if it's me showing up as a wife and I'm not well, I'm doing my husband a disservice. My children, mm -hmm. I'm doing them a disservice. My business, like in every aspect that I have to show up. So if I'm not mindful of that and I'm not setting those boundaries and I'm not like, no, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Or <laughs> being honest, you know, with people and just saying, yeah, that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, right. I don't like how that made me feel, you know, or like any of the things. Who do, you know, like, who do I become if I'm not, you know, if I'm not doing that? But what I've noticed is that lots of people are doing that. Yeah. And I think, and I just had a conversation with um, one of my friends and I was saying, like, if I can't go into the room and present my full self in that room, why am I in the room? I'm doing the people in the room a disservice and I'm doing myself a disservice because right. I should be able to walk in and step in and be who I'm called to be in whatever space I'm in, not minimize. Right. Clearly I'm in the room for a reason. So right. whatever that reason is, I can't even serve that thing if I'm only, if I'm leaving pieces of myself at the door. I'm right. supposed to take everything that I have in with me because somebody in that room needs it. And if I'm only taking half, what, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The fact that you're even saying that already determines the trajectory of your life. But there's so many people that aren't saying that people that are that are people. There's so many people that are just letting people dump on them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and they're just carrying other people's stuff. You know what I mean? Not realizing like, it made me think like when I was when I was reading the, the, the girls um, suicide letter. And, you know, it was like, check on your strong friends. And, you know, when she was saying certain things that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, triggered me as kind of red flags was, it was probably a lot of stuff 
that people were dumping, like bringing their their relationship problems to her, bringing their family problems to her, bring like that. I I could dare to say, just from what I've just from what I've known thus far in this in this space, in this mental health space, and in the in the in the therapy space. And I will have to get Nazinga to to kind of to kind of um, back that up, but there's probably a lot of stuff that she's carrying that what it had nothing to do with her, right? And I think a lot of stuff that we we carry with us is the like everybody else's baggage or even like everybody else's expectation of what we're supposed to be. And I've had yeah. conversations with my mom as far as like you know, you know, I feel like this person wants me to be this person and this person wants me to be this person. And I'm like I'm trying to figure out who I am for myself, so I can't be worried about what everybody else thinks of me. So <laughs> like. How do I navigate, you know, find, you know, because I'm still young. It's like you're still finding out who you are in, in every chapter. You're never going to be the same person you were, you know, when you were 18 and then 25 and then 30. Yeah. You know? So it's constantly learning who you are in that season. But if you're always comparing it to who you think you're supposed to be, you mm. never try to give way to who you actually are. Wow, that's good. So. Oh, Laura. If, because I, I'm one of those people, I'm like, well, you know, I think my, you know, my parents want me to be one way, and I think, you know, you my, uh, you know, if I'm dating somebody, this is what they think I'm supposed to be. And so I had to change this thing of like, well, who cares about what, what all those people think you're supposed to be? What do you yeah. want? Like, what do you want? What is God doing today? And what can you do in this moment? And how do you serve this season of your life instead of trying to fill the expectations of everybody else? You can't, you will never be successful in trying to be everything for everybody else. It just can't happen. Yeah, it's like, especially when it, it's going to change all the time, which you've, no, you've noticed so far with just, because you're, how old are you again? I'm 25. You're 25. So you've known, you've noticed just from high school graduation from 18 to 25, so much has changed. Right. And we, we're not even talking, we're just talking about, even if we were just sticking to the world. Mm -hmm. If we just talked about the world has changed from 18 to 25 right yeah so that's only one aspect of change mm -hmm. we're not even talking about you as a person have changed you right. know what i mean like or how you look how you think how you know where you live like right. we can just look at the last three four years and get overwhelmed about right, like, change. exactly you're like god that's a lot you know and i think that was another thing about coming out of college when i did once i got the job that I had fresh out of college, about what, six or seven months later, the pandemic happened. So mm. I was only in the office for, like I said, I think September, October, I think I was only in the office for five months, if that. And okay. then I immediately went remote for, and that has been my career. Wow. That's so great. It's wild um, because even now I'm corporate and my job is in New York. And so I, I have, I've never met any of those people in person. Just see their faces <laughs> every day. They give me work, and that's it. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. So, well, yeah, I mean, you've experienced a drastic, drastic shift, even from what you even thought life would be like for you at the time. You know what I'm saying? At right. 25, you know what I mean? Working in your, in your career life. You can't tell me that that's what you, what, that's what you figured would, would be the thing. You know what I mean? Not at all. And, and my mom will tell you, but before they closed for the pandemic, I went shopping. I'm like, oh, I'm about to go in the office. I'm about to, you know, have my little looks and, and style and profile. And the week after, they were like, yeah, no more office. I said, no. What am I supposed to do with these clothes? What am I do with these clothes? Ain't nobody going to see me. Wow. So tell me what that's been, what has that been like for you? What has the pandemic been like for you? Like just in navigating through it, the emotionally, um, you know, the social distancing, the, just the, you know, all of the, all of the things that kind of have been a result, you know, of that, because, you know, life has changed so much. Like how has it been for you just navigating through those seasons? I think a lot changed so fast that it was it was a lot. I know my, my mom was tired of me complaining because, um, you know, school had ended. A lot of people had shifted out of D.C., so it was only, like, me and a couple people. <clears throat> the pandemic hit, those people went home to their families. 
I had an apartment, and so I stayed in the apartment by myself. And I was going a little stir crazy. I was getting cabin fever for the simple fact that nobody was there. And, you know, you just kind of have yourself. And um, anxiety is one of those things that always is turning. So when you mm -hmm. get by yourself, it's like, okay, now I'm yeah. tired because now I'm just with my thoughts. This is all I hear. This. Yeah. And um, yeah. I end up coming home pretty frequently and making a 12-hour drive every time. And my mom was like, you're going to have to sit still. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's what I needed. I needed to be around family. And so eventually I made the transition back into Atlanta. And I still had that remote job. And I'm thankful that, you know, I – nothing for me financially shifted until I made the decision to move. And um, okay. I decided, hey, I wanted to make a shift in my career and go into production work at Tyler Perry Studios for a little bit, which was a great change. I, you know, I, I was very thankful that God continued to open the doors for me. And so from one opportunity to the next, and then a week into that, I have the job I have now for Wired Magazine. And so uh -huh. um, things were kind of always stacking up. Um, but I was thankful for just even being able to be at Tyler Perry Studios because while I was only there for 30 days and filming and doing stuff, I wanted to try it, right? And so God opened the door. And even if I didn't stay there, right, it was still a season of preparation. I was learning how to serve. And so if I ever shifted back into a space where you're at the top, you remember those little people who are doing things because you were one of them. You were yeah. one of them who had to serve. You were one of them who had to really, you know, go chase food and be up until the wee hours of the morning. So you know what it's like when people are breaking their backs. Um, yeah. So always be mindful of that and keep that close to you. So as you move up, you kind of take things with you. Um, and so I think the pandemic has really taught me while those, you know, I can't use those skills directly at this moment, it's preparing yeah. for even what he will do in the future. So just to continue to kind of like keep those close to me. Um, but I have enjoyed this time period of being with my family because it wasn't always like that. So I go bother them because they're like 10 minutes away. Um, and seeing my friends and stuff like that. Um, and I know they were kind of sick of me because, like, you're always gone. Um, yeah. And, uh, but being back here and, like, you know, even though it's not the, the perfect circumstances, the world will never go back to what it once was. Um, yeah. But I think we're making do. I think uh, even with the whole great resignation thing, everybody's, like, leaving their jobs. But, like, you know. Yeah. And, like, really pushing for, like, oh, I want, you know, I want to be able to be with my kids and I want to be able to do this and I want to be able to do that and have the flexibility that I need as a person and not just live to work. It's yeah. just no more. People are not having it. And, uh, right. and like I said, I think Gen Zers and like millennials are really spearheading that as far as like, we want, we want it all. We want, it, we want the happiness. We want the mental stability. We want, you know, we don't want to be in places just because of like, you know, social security checks. We're not trying to be there for 15, yeah. 20, yeah. 30 years, we're going to be sick <laughs> about it. Yeah. So. Wow. wow. That's such an interesting perspective. Like, what do you, how do you feel, like, have your friendships suffered at all from social distancing? Like, just the, I guess, the c connectivity of it? Because I've heard a lot of things, you know what I'm saying, just concerning, like, friendships and, you know, relationships because, you, you know, people that do could once just you know kick it with or you know go hang out with you spend so much time apart you know? mm -hmm. <clears throat> and how think, do you how's that i was gonna say i i i've had the privilege and um of having friends that live in different places like my entire life um so one okay. of my best friends she moved to like california when i when we were in high school and then shortly after that one of them moved to houston and one was in ohio so my core group was always never in the same place. And so I learned very young that like, you have to be super intentional about keeping friendships going. And so social distancing, I think the thing, I had to learn that with my college friends because usually you could like you know, walk to their rooms and do different things. And so now as we're older, it's like, oh, I really have to set like an appointment with you. Like I have to give you a calendar invite. 7.30, yeah. can you do 7.30? Oh, you can't yeah. do 7.30, let's do 8.30 tomorrow. <laughs> and you're just moving stuff around. Yeah. And yeah. you get annoyed, but you make time for the people that you want to, like, you know, interact with. Yeah. Um, but it is, it, it's annoying. I, I felt like social distancing was annoying because, like, everything had just shifted. But when people were intentional about, you know, connecting, I felt like you, they kept the relationships that they wanted to keep. And whatever filtered out, filtered out because it needed to. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And I, I think it really made us accountable, too. Right. Like, you know, accountable to just to be better, you know, be a better friend, you know, yeah. be intentional, like really get together 
there because you miss them, you know? Right, because it's, it's no but longer I, about convenience now. It's right. not about the person who you can go walk to their house or they're down the hall from you or, like, you know, they're a straight shot or 10 minutes by car. This is, I really have to work to, like, talk to you yeah. and see you and plan and be safe. And maybe yeah. I won't see you for six months. Maybe I'll see yeah. you, you know, next year. Yeah. We just don't even know at this point. Yeah. But how do I keep it going if that's what I actually want? And I mean, like I said, if you want to work for the friendship, you work for the friendship. And like I said, they just naturally kind of filter out. It's kind of like, okay, well, we, you know, we did what we could do. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wish you would. And, you know. Yeah. I think, too, that it's probably been mutual, you know, because it's like the people that, it's it's almost like it seems like it's like now with the people that you really wanted to in your life, those are the ones that you, that you talk to and that you make time for, make time to right. see. I mean, like for sure. So tell us about like, okay, what was it like when you first started getting bills? Like you were just like, okay, I've got to pay all of these. <laughs> okay, so I feel like what I have, Destiny's Child bills, bills, bills. Now I understand what they was talking about. <laughs> bills, bills, bills is really bills. Like the bills are billing. Okay, the, bill, the bills are billing. Stopping. They're billing. Um, and I think I had a little taste. Like I said, I moved off campus uh, my junior year. So I had bills, but my parents were doing most of those, right? Okay. And I don't really, I think, I really want to say, even just moving into the apartment I, I now have, now everything is on me. I was always sharing. So stuff was being split down the middle. Okay. Um, <laughs> but now everything is me. So now when I receive a bill or the auto payment comes out, I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> You just had to take it today, Jesus. You just had to take it. Right. Um, and I just feel like it's bills are one of those things. Like, they just come out at the most inconvenient times. Yeah. It's like, oh, I thought I had money to play around with. And it's like, oh, nope. No. <laughs> I think here's the main thing. The main thing I hate about bills is when you pay the bill, and then, like, two weeks later, they send you a notice for the next one. <laughs> no, yes. Like, can I get a full 30 days? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And, no, people will tell you my uh, the, the worst part about having bills, too, and them, them being consistent, right? As soon as you think you got a little play around money, it's the car next. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? I can't even do, do anything no more. First the bills, then something happens with the car. Then it's always something. Something always needs to be paid. Like I know I, I I didn't I didn't do it fully with my son, but like he paid his car note, he paid his car insurance, he paid his um, phone bill. And I think before he before he had got his license and stuff, when he just had a job, um, he just had a job before he got his license. He was paying. I gave we gave him the lowest bill in the house. You know, okay. gave him the water bill. So he That's was paying the water. So then when he got his license, you know what I'm saying, he got a car, he paid the car note, his car insurance, his phone bill. We took the water bill back. Mm -hmm. So it was like we were just kind of giving, you know, a taste, you know, of what it, you know, could potentially be and, and showing responsibility and, you know, um, making sure that, you know, son, you know, this bill is due on the 5th and this bill isn't due until the 18th. And you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Like giving you kind of a sense of like, okay, all the bills aren't due on the first. You know what I mean? Like, right. they're all not due on the 30th. You know, like that's yeah. not how it goes, you know? So it was kind of really good a uh, glimpse of what it could potentially be. Mm -hmm. um, no, it's not the whole load of it, you know, paying everything or whatever. But, you know, it gives you an idea of what it could be. And he right. sure felt it in his checks. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dang, you know. <laughs> I mean, and you start to learn like what's necessary and what's not necessary once you really have bills, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm a big like play money type of person, so I like to go shop and go eat and go hang out, right? Okay. Um, and so once you start having real bills, it's like, okay, well, you can't do everything you used to do when you know you was living at home or like when you was in the right. dorms. It's right. now you got to be very careful about how you spend your money because if anything happens, you need to have you know, emergency money. You need to have, be able to, like, you know, live and all of that stuff. And so even, 
you know, you live and you learn about credit cards. I didn't have a tremendous, you know, amount about, you know, credit card debt or anything like that, thankfully, because my mom was teaching me, like, you need to save and be mindful and all that stuff. Um, but, and it's just, but I've had friends get into deep credit card debt. And I'm like, honey, I, I don't run it up because I don't have the money to give it back. Aha, uh -huh. there you go. That's the wisdom. <laughs> I don't want to give it back to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to give it to you. <laughs> so. yeah that's a real it's a real thing it's a real thing like legit you know and it's like i always have this term i say life keeps on lifing you know what i mean because we you know no matter what we do no matter how well we live how well we budget how well we um prepare how much save how much like life is going to life like yeah, you know what I mean. Like we can do as much preparing as we as we want, or as a, or that we can, or think we can. But life is still gonna do what it do. Like for real, you know. There's there's still gonna be things that come up. There's still gonna be, you know, you might say one thing, but it's like, dang, I didn't use this for that. You know, like right. I was saving this for that. You know, I was trying to pay the car off. Now I gotta, you know, I don't know. Just and anything. it's so funny. I have friends, and they're like, they don't care how much money they have. They're like, I'm never putting my bills on auto pay. I want to give you the money. I don't. I don't want them to take the money. I want. I want to give them the money so that I know yeah. where it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm that way. I I'm like, mm, only things that's on auto pay is the ones that are required. Like you know, what I'm saying they're like, yeah, we we can't do this without auto pay. It's like all right, whatever. But anything else, child, no. You was not about to auto pay me, no. <laughs> See, and I just want them to take it. I don't want to have to think about it because my, I was like, listen, I miss a payment, then y'all going to be charging me more. Just go ahead and take it. So I, before I even know it's there, I don't even want to act like I have anything else. Just take yeah. It. That's true. That's good. That's a good, you know what I'm saying? That's a good thing. You should keep that aspect, okay? The older that you get, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when your bills get bigger, you know. Right. Know. Right now, they are right. But I don't know moving forward. I don't know, Laura. You might you might dibble and dabble on both sides after that because the way life be going sometimes you be like, look, all right, so I know this is due on the fifth. I'm trying to do this. You're gonna be on both sides. Just the more and more the older you should get, the bigger your bills get, you know what I mean? You're gonna be like, No. I'm trying to go out this weekend. <laughs> That bill ain't due until the 15th. I'm, I'm going to be good. You got to learn how to manage it. Well, y'all need this right now. Y'all can wait. <laughs> she said, I think adulting is easier when you have parents or guardians that are willing to help versus parents figure it out on their own. You know, I think there's a, it's a healthy balance to, to both, to both aspects. Um, because, you know, there there's a, a level that you will experience from that level of responsibility that you'll I think you'll thank your parents you know for it at some point <laughs> but I, I I agree I feel like it is a healthy balance like I I don't know I feel like I had I had a nice yeah I had a nice combination of both I think as far as like I didn't when I first started out my parents were helping pay pay my bills um and so certain things i was paying for but also i had you know the nice veteran affairs people help paying for most of some of the stuff that was happening um yeah but when i was out, off campus my mom was helping for most of that uh, most of that stuff but even now as though i have some help as far as you know there are certain things like she paid for my car so my car was outright so i don't really have to worry about like a car note right yeah. So I was thankful for that. Not everybody gets that, you know what I'm saying? Some yeah. people have to hustle and grind for their, you know, for their car, and they have to take on some outrageous car note. I didn't, um, but I also needed a car when I was in D.C. because I had to like drive into the city every day for work. Um, yeah. It's kind of like we can't really leave you high and dry. You kind of have to, you know, go to work to make money in order to like pay for things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but there are those moments where I find myself because my, you know, my mom was very like hands off at points as far as like, you know. I'm going to give you this freedom. You be responsible with this freedom. Um, but I kind of find myself as an adult, like, tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. And she's like, you need to figure it out. Pray on it. It's going to be fine. Like, you're, you can do this. 
So I'm like, but I just want you to tell me because it makes it so much easier because I don't have to think about it. Like, I don't want to have to figure this out. <laughs> I don't want to figure it out. <laughs> and some people, like some kids really like that freedom. I, and I like, like I said, I was okay with it in certain points. But like I said, once I got older, I was just like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I think I told you Keon was the person who like actually made me realize like you're the adult in the room now. And because yeah. um, I remember yeah. talking to him at worship duets and he was like, yeah, you're an adult now. Like, give me some advice, some words of wisdom. And I'm like, can I, let me go find you a real adult because I don't even know. know. Like, me? me? You think I'm, like, it really made me feel old. Like, you right. think I'm the old, like, I'm the person you're supposed to be asking? Yeah. Okay. Wait, why you let me season. go get you a real adult? <laughs> yeah. Even at work, you know, they be asking you for certain stuff. I'm like, oh, y'all really, I really am on the pay roster. It's me. Oh, my goodness. Y'all need this from me today. Today. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> There's a saying. There's a saying that it takes, um, that they say it takes 30 years to grow up. And I always think, I always say, like, now that I've reached my 40, I feel like it takes 40 years to grow up because so you, you learn so much about yourself by the time you reach 40 that you're like, all right, you know, I think I got a pretty good grasp on this thing. <laughs> and it's like, yes, there's things still shifting and turning and, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's almost like, um, okay, if I give an example of a roller coaster, right? So you know how, like, if you go, you're on a roller coaster and you go up on the roller coaster and you know the roller coaster is going to go up to a point and then you know it's mm -hmm. going to drop down, right? And I feel right. like as you're climbing up this roller coaster, you're hanging on to the rails. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the top, you're still hanging on as you're going down. That's what I feel like the 30s are. When you get to your forties, you're going up. Uh, you're going up the uh, uh, the roller coaster ride's going up, and you're like this. And then when you reach the top, you're like this coming down. Like it's so weird. Like <laughs> because it's like this thing where you feel like you know, I think I've got a pretty good grasp on what this, this thing is, and. I, I got a pretty good idea of what I want to do with my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I may not know like all the way. I still may, I still may have some things where it's like, I know where I'm trying to get to. And you know, it might be a few steps in between that I have to, you know, that I'm still figuring out, but I definitely know what I, what I'm here for. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like that. It's almost like this epiphany, you know, that happens in your mind. It's like, I think I pretty much know this, you know, this roller coaster ride, and I know exactly what's gonna happen. It's gonna go up, and then it's gonna come down, and then I'm I'm all right with that. You know what I mean? So I really feel like it takes forty years to grow up. I don't know if there's anybody in here that's forty and up. You tell me if I'm lying or not. <laughs> well, I can tell you at twenty, I call my mother every week. Like I don't know what's going on. I I have no idea what I'm doing. Somebody please tell me. Be my therapist, pow wow about it each week. Hey, I just, I don't really know what's happening. Yeah. And she's like, nobody does, Lord. Everybody's winging it. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel like I'm especially winging it. Like, I don't really know if I'm doing this the right way. Like, how do I know? You know? Mama, so that's true. Okay. Mama said it's true. I would just, you know, I just kind of feel like it really does take 40 years to grow up. All right, Laura. So listen. You're out here. You're doing your thing. You're going about. You're doing good. You're doing a great job. Okay. If no one's told you you're doing a great job, I'm telling you right now, you're doing great. Okay. Honestly, you know it's funny. I tell myself as long as there are flowers in the vase out there, on the table, my life is doing great. I've I've decided that that makes it great. The flowers on the table make me feel like flowers. I'm doing something correct. That's good. I'm so happy for you. Like for real. Like, you are, you're such a great, like, every time I, I talk to you or encounter you, you're such a good, um, a good representation of a young adult. You're such, you, you have a really good balance. Like, you're not just like, 
this fully goody two shoes, you know, kid, and then you're not, you know, uh, just wilding out out here. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like you're a really good, decent balance of, you know what I mean, of just out here young adulting. You know what I mean? Like, you've had, you know, great, you know, uh, upbringing, your parents, you know, great parents that, you know, that love kind of really um, positioned you well, taught you things, but also was hands off with you, which is, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of times parents can, can over parent and can be, you know, uh, very, what do you call it? Micromanaging parents, you know what I'm saying? Where you're just trying to uh, be the, uh, be the shield every time. So they don't hit nothing. You know, and they, then they, they turn out to be horrible adults. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you try to shield them for everything and then they're just the worst adults out here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like I've always just admired just your um your level of wisdom that you operate in, you know, as that, you know, <clears throat> and just your self awareness, you know, like you're very like, okay, yeah, I need to do this. I need to know this and tell me about this. And, you know, like you're not afraid to just like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> tell me, you know, or why did nobody tell me that? But like really being honest about it. So I want to continue you on that. You know what I mean? If anybody told you, child. <laughs> I'm working on it every day. Cause I know it's funny. Cause I think even that, like, um, that freedom that I had is just like the openness of my parents. It's funny when people are telling me what to do, like me working corporate America, people are giving you tasks, right? And every day I'm like, I don't like people telling me what to do. I think that's my issue. So maybe I need to climb the ladder a little higher. So I'm starting, you know, I can delegate everybody else's tasks. But because people, <laughs> nobody was telling me what to do all the time. So now I'm just like, mm, I don't like that. Mm -mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I can see that about you. You've always been kind of strong-willed in that area. Um, yeah, and it's not like I don't like, you know, direction or, like, people giving advice to me. I Like I said, I think it just depends on, like, you know, the space, too. So, yeah. you know, but, no, I really appreciate that, you know, and it's it's definitely come with some time and just kind of learning and trial and error. Yeah. That's, like, that really is the portion that nobody kind of tells you about. It's like, well, okay. once you get in it, you'll start to figure it out and you'll figure out how to, like, work it <laughs> yeah but i would say so what would you say just in our in closing what would you say advice wise that you would give your peer group you know or just um adults um period like what what's something that you would say you know to them like just to kind of help encourage them and help you know just in if, you know if, if if thinking about the young lady that we saw today on social media know the post that we read and her basically writing her suicide letter you know, on the, for, for the world uh, to see what is something that you would say or could somebody you know, that is just dealing with so much compiled with so much because it's a lot to be a young adult in this season because there's so much has happened in life and so you know, so much has changed and Maybe the way that you saw your parents adulting is not the way that you're adulting. You know what I mean? It's a different thing. It's a different, different life. So, like, what can you say to somebody that can help? I think, um, make give them hope to, to for them to know, like, it's okay. Like, just hold on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what what can you say to to help? I think the thing that has helped me a lot in knowing is that like God does not delight in my disappointment or my frustration and that like he feels my emotions with me and as deeply as I do. And so that gives me some sense that I am not alone. And so knowing that, you know, he, you know, he's not happy when I'm distressed or, you know, something is happening to me um, and really just kind of taking the time to like sit with him, but also sit with myself and really like feel those emotions. I think sometimes we kind of, try to bottle them up and hide them from other people to the point where we don't even know what we're feeling and we don't really know how to deal with those feelings. And so I know my friends probably think I'm a little too empathetic or too, you know, emotional at certain points because I'll be just like, I just don't need to talk to anybody today. Let me cry. Let me try to figure out what's yeah. happening. 
because once I figure out what's happening, I can now allow people to support me. I know what I need. I know what can be done to help me. Um, but it's yeah. like an evaluation and a processing that has to happen on my own end. Um, yeah. it's, it's a journey of like getting to know myself and what I need in those moments when I'm sad or when I'm, you know, disappointed or, you know, when I'm fearful, like how, if I can't help myself, how do I expect other people to help me as well? Because I need yeah. to be able to tell you, you know, hey, this is what you can do, whether it's just sitting with me while I cry or like, you know, just, you know, shoot me a check-in message. Uh, but it's hard for people to ask for those things. I've been that friend that's just like, I'm okay. Leave me alone. I'm okay. Yeah. I'll talk to you when I'm ready. Um, yeah. But there, I found myself more lonely when I was doing those things instead of just telling somebody, I'm sad today. You know, I need, I need a little help. Like, I need a friend today. Um, just come sit with me, like at a coffee shop. Come just, you know, be with me. I don't have much to say, but I do know I need somebody to just, you know, stand in the gap for me. Mm. Um, and then being able to, like, like I said, be okay with, in, you know, with myself and my emotions, I think I was better prepared to, you know, it, you know, uh, reach my hand out for help. Okay. Okay. That's good, man. That's some, that's really, really good. That's good. I'm definitely an advocate for crying. I cry all the time. I cry every day, sometimes multiple times a day. I just, you know, lots of things, especially I think for people that um, just sensitive to environments and sensitive to rooms and sensitive to um, just people and things. Instead of suck I guess instead of trying to stuff that or trying to not you know not deal with it or not act like it bothers you, hurt, you know, I try I mean like like you know when I saw the girl the post you know the, the suicide post I'm just gonna cry it out you know what I mean I lots of things that I come across you know that hurt me or that you know or just or my family life or whatever I just cry out like I get it out because it bothers and as I think as people and as humans and as, you know, just of God, like, we can't say that we just go on through life and we, you know, scrolling or whatever. It's just oh, it sucks and you just keep scrolling. Like, I just don't think that that's real. You know, like a real, like, that should bother you. Like, you should feel a way um, yeah. about, like, almost a red flag and you don't feel a way. You know, that might be one thing that you might need to take to talk to somebody. It's like, yeah, numb. Nothing really bothers, you know. Like yeah. that might, be, <laughs> you, know, you might need to check that out, you know. Right. <laughs> but <clears throat> I definitely think that's like really, really great advice. Like for real, it's just back. It's back to the self awareness thing. It's back to like really taking the inventory of yourself and saying, all right. If if there's some things going on, it you know I need to talk to somebody. I need a friend, a close, you know. If it's not a therapist, then maybe it's somebody you trust with your stuff, you know. Yeah. But it's got to be somebody that you can at least get it out to. You know what I mean? Right. Instead of holding it, or you know, you're always the person that people come to. So you like, who I'm gonna talk to? <laughs> right. And that's the thing. I feel like when when you really start feeling like you're alone and you start blocking off people, oh, it's going to get real, real lonely, real fast. Yeah. Um, and I know even just in conversations with some of my friends, it's like, I feel like I'm a burden to people. So I don't really want to reach out or step out. And I'm like, you got to find somebody. Uh, you yeah. have to find one person. Everybody can't be the burden. Like it, you can't be a burden to everybody. Cause yeah. it, just, it just doesn't look like that. It's very easy to, you know, feel like, Oh, I'm not enough or I'm alone and all of that all that stuff if you allow life to just really like start really pressing down yeah it gets dark and lonely fast mm, that's good that's good well girl it's been good it's been a great conversation i'm so glad we got to do this and you guys know so good share your young adult wisdom with us all because i just so admired this generation of young adults I feel like you got, like I said, you guys are just, I don't know, you're just different. You know, you're, you're, you're different. You know what I mean? Like this generation is different and it's not different in a bad way. I think it, I think it's different in a great way. And I think your generation teaches us a lot about life and about how to kind of maneuver and, you know, 
the small stuff and, and it's like uh you guys sweat the small stuff when yeah. we were growing up it's don't sweat the small stuff but it's the small stuff that compiles and turns into big stuff right. so not sweating you know what i'm saying the stuff mm -hmm. you know what i mean then we're you know we're doing ourselves a disservice and we're causing these molehills to be mountains of the world so right. i just generation again um I'm grateful for the conversation, and you can come back anytime you'd like. <laughs> and you know I'm gonna come back. <laughs> you know I'm gonna come back. Thank you so much for sitting in um, for this week. Uh, Wanda Zinga is out doing her birthday thing, um, but I just want to thank you so much again, guys. If y'all want to follow her, if y'all need social media advice, come see me. Come see me. <laughs> If y'all trying to grow pages and you need wisdom and algorithms and all that, all that good stuff. You got questions? Come, come give me the questions. I'll give you some answers. DM her. She's very knowledgeable. She knows this stuff. Okay. It's very exhausting in our world, but she knows this stuff. Okay. So DM her, follow her. Laura, I love you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week.